0: morphology and etymology of irregular high-frequency words. In the past, we taught sight words through memorization of words through their global shapes. However, research is clear that we do not process words this way. Rather, even as adults, we process words through their phoneme grapheme correspondences, and it is through examination of these correspondences and including them in meaningful sentences that we actually learn them. ARI 2014. One of the ways that we can enhance learning of irregular high frequency words is through examining a word's history and its internal structure. When deciding how to approach teaching irregular high frequency words, that is, words that contain correspondences that students are not familiar with, it is important to realise that there is no one common approach for all words. Sometimes young children can understand a word's history. And sometimes they cannot. Teachers should use their judgment about whether or not it is appropriate to teach children about irregular words through their word histories. So, I'm about to share some explanations of some irregular high frequency words with you. Of course, this is not an exhaustive list of these words but an explanation of some of the ways that you might approach this. This will be particularly useful for older students who are struggling to understand how these words are spelled or those bright little buttons who always want to know more and may even be considered to be in the gifted category of student. Let's start with the word said. Now, it's a very old word that is connected to the word saith. That's another old word. Over the years, the word say and then says entered English. And this means that there's a connection between all of these, even if it's not through a straightforward line of sight. As a general explanation for young children, you could say said is a very old word that used to be pronounced differently. Sometimes old words have different spelling and ways of saying them than we use now we need to decide whether we are supporting student cognitive load by going down this path of word history or whether we're adding to it. For me, trying to build familiarity with the word saith in order for children to understand the spelling of the word said adds more cognitive load than it helps. The word to, T-W-O, used to be spelled T-W-A with the with the W pronounced, so my interpretation of that is as in toa. Over time, the A changed to an O and the pronunciation also changed. It has a connection to the words twice and twin that both relate to the number two. Now, year one and two students can be showing the connection between the word two, T-W-O, and the word 20, which is two lots of 10. 12, 10 plus ten plus two, and the word between, which is, relates to things that are amongst two other things. All of these words are connected by the Old English root TW. So while we can't exactly map TWO in a phonics way, uh, we can absolutely relate to its history. Similarly, the word one, we absolutely cannot map the word one, O-N-E. However, it has connections to the word only and lone and alone. So when we can show connection to those words, those patterns can become embedded in long-term memory and really help children to understand how to read and spell these words. Let's take the word here, H-E-R-E. Now, it comes from an old English word spelled H-E-R, which means in this place or at this time. And you might simply explain to children that the spelling couldn't be H-E-R because that would be her, which is a female pronoun, so it has an E on the end. Remember the job of the E? So just be aware, though, when we're sharing researched information and when something is a mnemonic, and express this to the students using the knowledge that you have at this point in time. When we consider there and where, well, there's a bit of a logical connection to here. So here means in this place. So the E-R-E on all of those words relates to place. You can teach these three spelling words together, even though they have different pronunciations because they have that common pattern. Then we come to were, W-E-R-E. Now, it's an old English word with the original meaning of to remain. It's connected as well through that E-R-E pattern with there, where, and here. And in modern speech, were is the collective or plural form of was. So we can see here with our grown-up teacher brain, The connection with a word's history, how much that helps our young students to remember how to read and spell them is up to you to decide how deep to go depending on the knowledge of the students. I will leave it in your hands. Finally, we come to their, T-H-E-I-R. Now, they, their, and them have all been borrowed from Old Norse. So that's from the Scandinavian languages there had an original spelling of R A, So we can see that that word was actually shortened over time. Again, how much that helps to know that it comes from Old Norse and know the original spelling, I'm not sure that there's a huge amount of value, but certainly if you were to teach the connection between they, there, and them, you would be on the right track.